0: You're listening to I Got That One.
1: Presented by Tom and Yvonne.
0: Yvonne you remember that meme that was around, around the time of the Eurovision? Sorry, not the Eurovision. <laughs> the... European championship football where there was that Swiss supporter who at first looked really despondent and sad (laughs) and then three minutes later he had his shirt off and was he screaming red in in the
1: face yes I remember that
0: now that is how everyone almost felt at the Mm. end of this episode of University Challenge
1: oh yes if the gong had sounded just three seconds later we would have had a radically different result the fate of the universe would have changed and we would have heard gasps all over the world
0: it would have been one hell of a comeback. Yes. It so nearly was. Better less, that is not how the cookie crumbled this time round. No. But this is the moments we live for, isn't mm. it? Mm-hmm. This is why we watch University Challenge week in, week out, because yes, occasionally we have a one sided domination like we had last week. Yeah. And sometimes we have a little bit of a snooze fest, but <laughs> these moments, these moments are what makes it worth tuning in for.
1: Yeah, so I mean both teams, UCL and St. John's um, excellent performance, really, really close. I think that um, on paper, if you look at it on paper, it could have gone either way because both teams were so good. It just came down to a matter of literal seconds mm. at the end. Um, really exciting. And, and I think really one of the reasons, like you said, that we all watch and love this show.
0: Absolutely. This was one where it could have gone either way. Two fantastic teams. We already saw it in their previous matches. Yes, they, were, they lost their matches, but they were definitely... Elements of brilliance yeah. when we saw them previously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, especially St. John's because, re- let's remember, they came into this match with the highest score of the losers, 155. Yes.
1: 155, and then the other three highest scoring losers were tied for on 135, right?
0: Yes, as Paxman pointed out at the beginning of this episode, that often they got scores higher than some winners of other matches. Yes. And that is just an indication of this is why we have these best growing loser moments because it's not quite fair to say oh because you didn't quite manage it you have to pack it up and go home
1: yeah no fair enough
0: now unfortunately we can't do it for every single loser because (laughs) you know we eventually have to finish the season at some point (laughs) but um no it was fantastic um
1: in a very well-deserved comeback for both teams, I think.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah. So maybe enough uh, preemptive uh, rambling. Let's uh, get into the nitty-gritty of it all. We're not going to reintroduce the teams because yeah, we've we know met them already. We know and love That's them. As says, you know the rules. Let's just get on with it. <laughs> and I have to say, if you had only watched the first two minutes yeah. and then tuned at the very end, you would have thought that would have been exactly the same all the way through because. Yes. We had St. John's coming with a perfectly sweeper of the buzzer and then the bonus set.
1: Especially in the first half, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then in UCL they also had one uh, where they stood pretty good, but then...
1: They dropped a few points. Things
0: started to go a little wrong at that point. Yeah. And when you're looking at performances, it's definitely a case of, for UCL especially, it was a game of two halves. In the first half, they were really struggling to kind of get a word in edgeways. Mm -hmm. And I think it just shows how dominant St. John's were with their buzzing game in the first uh, few moments. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But then in the second half, they had a complete transformation.
1: Completely. I I wouldn't even say the second half. I would say the last six or seven minutes. Absolutely, yeah. Right. So when you had um, Kiso and Traeger really coming in with uh, surges on the buzzers Mm -hmm. and... Even to the point of almost equalizing um, and and kind of gaining almost 100 points towards the end, which was impressive, amazing to watch.
0: Yeah, and then conversely, you had yeah, St. So John's have a really, really killer first 20 minutes. Yeah. And then just kind of stop. Mm. At some point, I felt like they were not buzzing in at all. Either there was a real fire under the behinds of the UCL team.
1: I think that was the case, yeah.
0: Or maybe it was... A slight element of uh, complacency, maybe?
1: Yeah, maybe when you're, you know, 100 points or whatever it is, ahead of the other team, then, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure that plays a part. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean,
0: there might also have been subconsciously an element of trying to have a fair game. Mm-hmm. Because, you're like, okay, we are so far ahead, maybe it's a time to maybe take our foot off the brake of the, yeah, the gas I, a little I
1: bit. I do wonder if teams feel that way. But then I must say that St. John's must have been extremely nervous in those last minutes.
0: I think they were, because when we did that final pullback uh, shot, you could see uh, Oyang very visibly be very relieved Mm. that it ended when it did. Yes,
1: because I think if if we just had another three seconds, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure that UCL would have gotten the point and then it would have been 175 apiece. And then it would have gone into sudden death.
0: Indeed, sudden death is such a wonderful term for... An extremely low stakes TV show. Yeah,
1: they <laughs> should put kind of thunder and lightning effects. <laughs> that would be wonderful too.
0: And when we look at the stats later on, we'll see if that actually, uh, if you look at statistics of this game, yeah, it really goes a different way. Yeah, but um, more well, that later. that's a little snapshot of what is to come. Mm. Let's talk about performances a little bit more, and I think this is. More than just a tale of two good teams, this is a tale of two strong captains.
1: Yeah, I would say both captains not only um, rallied their teams, I think especially shout out to Kiso Mm -hmm. for doing it at the very end. Getting so many starter questions correct and then being extremely decisive and and kind of brought the whole team together. Looking
0: Utterly unflappable while Utterly doing it. Yeah? There right. was not a single moment where you felt like he was anxious or angry.
1: <laughs> not a hair out of place. He
0: then. still had that very nice, sweet smile when he got questions right, <laughs> and just kind of laser focus on what Paxman was saying.
1: Yeah, that was really—I have to admit—wonderful to see mm-hmm. um, just how being focused being kind of just focused on your end goal can, can deliver such great results absolutely um, and with such a nice comeback as well uh, just such a pity that they couldn't get through
0: exactly and when they were able to get their hands on a bonus round um, sometimes they were quite unlucky I felt like I really felt for them when they had that football question because
1: <laughs> oof Yeah.
0: I mean there's some teams which know their football uh, stuff very well and actually you you meet those people in real life Yeah. where for some reason they know who won the FA Cup back in the 80s Mm. even people my age who were definitely (laughs) not alive when it
1: happened is
0: this something you talk about over the family family I mean
1: football is one of those things right
0: I guess so I guess so well we both have relatives who are really fanatically into football Mm. so we can kind of understand
1: it's a very catch-all type of sport I think
0: absolutely but when they Went on to their real storm, barnstormer of yeah, uh, the last six few minutes. Or seven minutes. Yeah, The entire team came alive. It wasn't just Kiso and Traeger, it was Fleming as well, what had instrumental buzz ins at mm-hmm. certain points. And also, there were some rounds where it's definitely him taking charge. Yeah, yeah, and even even though Maka didn't buzz, buzz in, in personally, yeah. she definitely was instrumental in a lot of correct uh, bonus rounds. Ramp- I, I agree, answers. I agree.
1: Uh, So it's wonderful, wonderful to see their effort in the final few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Now, of course, we always like to talk about what could have been, which is why we're putting a lot of effort into the UCL performance. But we have to say, the St. John's, I feel like they gave us a presentation that maybe they could do what Imperial did last season, Mm -hmm. where even though they had an unfortunate first round... Mm -hmm. The second round gave them a second chance. Boost and then, of
1: confidence, yeah. And
0: then they went on to make quite a lot of headway in, uh, all the way up to the semifinals.
1: Yeah, and I even think that appearing in the high-scoring losers gives teams an advantage because that's an extra time they've been on TV. There's an extra shot that they've had at this. Um, so one more time more than every other team. So that's experience, I think. That's uh, knowledge that they get to add to their strategy Um, So it can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, it's not only training for being on TV, but also it gives you more chance to kind of train together in a high-pressure environment. And then you can kind of do video playback of, okay, so this is where, you know, maybe we need to pay more attention or this is the kind of questions which we definitely have a weakness for.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how um, the, the higher-scoring losers fare across um, the previous se- seasons. Yeah. Um, if, if actually having that extra experience has helped them go further in the competition, um, if there are any patterns that come out of it, that would be really interesting to see.
0: It's tough to say because I know last season, Edinburgh was the other best-scoring loser yeah. and they unfortunately didn't have much of a run past uh, getting through to the second round.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: But I think there's a whole mixture of reasons it's why. too many
1: factors, yeah.
0: Exactly. And, you know, when it comes to any kind of prediction, any data scientist worth their soul would say they're just far too variables to make an accurate model for. Far too
1: many, yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's all about the team makeup, so questions being set. Also, we have to remember that COVID played a very important role mm-hmm. last season because mm-hmm. it disrupted the filming and yeah. gave a big break between uh, teams being able to practice and, you know, kind of be together for a great period of time
1: yes well so we have to see mm-hmm. let's
0: briefly talk about uh their questions now mm-hmm. because i feel like we've given enough uh, for <laughs> to uh...
1: yeah i thought there were quite a number of interesting questions mm. um i like the first picture around on the map with territories highlighted in different colors i think that's a really fascinating way to look at the world it's
0: also a nice little snapshot of imperialism oh yes say. oh yes because, I mean, okay, yes.
1: <laughs> yes, maybe New Zealand in the Pacific Ocean, sure, that makes sense. Australia. I'm, right, kinda, even yeah, though no, they no. are
0: also products of imperialism. And yes, I know it's not strictly imperialism because it is a protectorate status, which is to do with what happened during the Second World War yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we understand that geopolitical stuff is complicated shush it's nice pithy uh, tweet yeah
1: I mean that's that's what I was saying it kind of makes sense to have Australia and New Zealand having territories in that region but then to see France and the UK also getting their claws in Uh, it's pretty funny
0: yeah but it was an interesting round and what I liked was that they used very bright (laughs) colours it made me think of one of the games I enjoy playing which is also a map painting simulator of a similar elk
1: wonderful it actually looked a bit like a primary school kind of geography (laughs) lesson yeah
0: yeah, a little bit like what's this circle and what's that That's circle the purple
1: one <laughs>
0: only is actually difficult yeah no that was a very good first round I really like that we have these very interesting uh, first rounds yeah do for you think um,
1: speaking of maps do you think um, that UK geography question setter is uh, in hiding Yes. What's happened to Oh, yeah, person? it's
0: uh, time for another round of what, what happened to the English geography nerd. Mm. Yeah, this is the second or third time where we've not heard a peep from them.
1: Maybe maybe they're in a basement somewhere.
0: <laughs> they finally got locked up. <laughs> yeah, and now it's, production. Exactly, okay. now it's... Exactly. Now it's that moment in the horror movie where we think that uh, the serial killer on this, this uh, context serial question setter has been, uh, you know... Eliminated. put aside eliminated we're now <laughs> completely safe totally fine to put our guard down and not look behind us anymore whatsoever
1: oh yes yes so should we talk about uh, well the other picture round
0: yes I, I this was, was pretty interesting, a nice too. one too because it was classical it's usually either film stills or classical paintings yeah. for mm-hmm. the second round it's a bit more traditional than the first one which is a bit more out there mm-hmm. usually and this time it was famous death scenes.
1: Mm. Yep. So famous death scenes by David. Hmm. Um, I thought they were beautiful death scenes.
0: Oh, they're gorgeous. I mean, capturing
1: a, people in the throes of death.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why they're called masters. Usually. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say that you know the one by uh, Socrates is a definitely the most famous one of. Yeah, the I feel three, like I we've say. seen
1: that on University Challenge several times already.
0: Yeah, and it's also just, I think, a very popular death scene to kind of um, yeah, commemorate. Yeah, kind
1: of him, him having, consuming hemlock. And...
0: Being forced to commit suicide yeah. because, you know, ancient Greek uh, death sentences were wild. Yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: then again, being able to make a philosophical point out of it while he's <laughs> dying, I would say is a very Socratic thing to do. Very
1: on brand for Socrates.
0: Yeah, I'm less familiar with Seneca, so I don't know what makes yeah. his death so special. Mm-hmm. But of course... The Hector death is, you know, a very integral moment about, very you know, the uh, tragedy painting. of noble warriors dying for a pointless war. Yeah, which Aww. you could maybe read as slightly misogynistic because it's all about, you know, Helen being kidnapped and blah 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 blah. Mm. But uh, no, it's a very powerful painting, and yeah. I would love to see that in person because it. It's a very stirring picture, actually.
1: Mm, you don't have that much going on, but just kind of the expressions on the faces of, of people. Um. Yeah,
0: especially the sorrow of Hector's wife. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Mm. is very evocative. And I feel even without the context of what it's about you could definitely feel the emotions going on there
1: yeah that was lovely that was a nice round Um, I also want to talk about the pop music (laughs) round
0: oh yeah where um, (laughs) where no
1: one seemed to recognize Jennifer Lopez
0: yeah it's either a case of these teams are too young yes or um, they're a bit too um, hipster to be listening
1: to J-Lo yeah but I mean I feel like Jennifer Lopez is just so um, popular kind of iconic that everyone even if you're not into that kind of music i mean i never bought a J. Lo record in my life but i know what she sounds i like. mean that's the
0: thing you know because i know J. Lo. i could maybe place her name eventually even though i don't really listen to her music but it's just one of those ones where i know she's had a very successful career i can't name you a single one of her songs
1: <laughs> well yeah there, there are a few i thought that george looked really proud of himself for getting that question correct <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would say I would be proud too, considering how uh, that worked on for quite some time before anyone answered.
1: <laughs> yeah, it reminded me a little bit of um, Route in last season, getting mm. all the fashion designer questions correct and then being really surprised at it. Oh yeah,
0: that was a, a weird moment.
1: <laughs> Even Paxman was surprised.
0: I think it's because Route looks almost uncomfortable at getting it right, which <laughs> yeah. maybe says a little bit about, about him. Yeah, and also about how we treat our masculinity a little bit. But mm-hmm. hey, whatever. Whatever. Uh, but... That round in and of itself was good because it was winners of the Female Icon Award. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which so I we think... Had Mary J. Blige as well. Yeah, Elvis. who
0: is definitely an icon, even though, yeah. once again, I maybe couldn't name you her songs, but <laughs> I do know that she was
1: a presence in R&B. that's how you know they're famous, I think.
0: Yeah, and of course, okay. Cindy Loper, because of course, and you know the mama herself, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Because come on, if you cannot place Aretha Franklin's voice... You have not been listening to the right kind of music. Yep,
1: well, and then speaking of uh, people of culture, I think Ouyang really impressed with her knowledge of Russian composers.
0: Definitely. Mm -hmm. Especially since we had the return of the uh, Mighty Handful.
1: The Tchaikovsky diss track.
0: Yes, I mean, I feel like it was more fun last season because yeah. it was more about, you know... R- Just
1: rude things that they said about Tchaikovsky. No,
0: it was Tchaikovsky that. being rude about them oh, right. <laughs> because they slammed him for not being a traditional Russian composer and he said, yeah, but
1: Either X, Y, and Z. are mediocre. How about that?
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's just funny because you know we make a hay about you know diss tracks being a thing in the R&B scene, but actually we've been doing this kind of stuff for centuries. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's hilarious. I love that.
0: It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other questions, which are fun, I felt like there were a lot of wordplay esque. Yes. Bonuses to yeah. some So the
1: questions that came up in sorry the words that have been coined in in novels. Yeah. So words like factoid.
0: Beep. Beep. Beep, beep was the one that surprised me the most because. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's a relatively modern word because nothing beeps until we have machinery.
1: Fair enough.
0: But you would think that someone would come up with that at the very least in an instruction manual or something before (laughs) it appeared in a novel. Yeah. Because, they say, (laughs) if the machine makes this particular noise, then this is the warning or this is a sign that it's working well. I know, it's just, it's one of those words which you don't really think about. Yeah. But then...
1: But it must have... Been created somewhere someone at some point in time must have said this is going to be a word now
0: (laughs) yeah I mean can you imagine trying to explain a beep to someone before the word before the
1: beep yeah yeah
0: well technically some animals make a beep-esque noise
1: yeah it's like uh, how do you see how do you describe colours if you've never seen it before
0: well it's like technically the word blue doesn't exist in ancient Greek Mm. that's why they call the sea the wine dark sea
1: oh that's lovely yes I've heard of that
0: Yeah, um, but speaking of that kind of derivative called region and language, another one was English and Latin, Mm. where um, an English word is the same as the infinitive of a particular Italian word.
1: Okay, yes.
0: And then the clue would be what that English word is in Italian, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it took me a long time to wrap my head around that question. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, once they give an answer, I kind of had a better idea of what was going on. That's where Fleming really, you know... Oh, yes. Uh, ...went ahead and Use it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it just goes to show that even languages which have very little impact on one another... I mean, yeah, English and Italian do have some Latin roots, but they're definitely quite different in how they developed in terms of grammatical structure mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. The fact that by pure coincidence, there are words which are spelled the same and sound almost the same but yeah. mean different things yeah, yeah. just appear coincidentally is fascinating. Yeah,
1: that's kind of things that you learn in University Challenge as well. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I mean this is definitely stuff which I would happily go into a Wikipedia deep dive I afterwards. I would never have
1: even thought of it to be honest.
0: Yeah, well there you go. Exactly. Mm. And other than that oh, another one which was very good was the British Prime Ministers. Oh yes, about and, their names, right? Yeah, the, the etymological origin of their names and that one was Fantastic, mm. you know. I mean, I'd never really thought about it, obviously, but knowing that Callahan has a Gaelic origin is mm. fantastic.
1: Yes, I I, well, I wouldn't have known to think that either.
0: Yeah, and then also, yeah, this is where you learnt about the Scottish "muk" meaning "of" or, or son, "son of."
1: Of yeah, which I did not know before because um, in many Asian countries uh, we just say "son of" or "daughter of," or in yeah, in Muslim uh, cultures they have "bin" or "binti."
0: Yeah, exactly. And then in Scandinavia, you have son or dotir.
1: Yeah, and then in Germanic or Dutch, you have van. Yeah, which could also be
0: for place names. Yeah. And you have the same in Italian, da is uh, of something.
1: Uh, Yeah, amazing.
0: So it's where you sprung up either figuratively, (laughs) geographically or literally.
1: Literally. Way from from whence you came. Yeah,
0: from whence you came (laughs) in the most biological of
1: senses. (laughs) All right. So I think it's time to move into some stats.
0: It's always a wonderful time to have stats.
1: Yeah, and this is really where I think I'm grateful for accounts like UC Stats on Twitter because um, you really get to see the match from a different perspective. Yeah. So UCL came in with 10 out of 13 starters. Respectable. But so did St. John's, 10 out of 12. So, an equal number of correct starter questions. Okay, but that makes sense. I do remember that UCL dropped about 10 points. That's true. Yeah. But then when it comes to bonuses, um, also pretty similar 16 out of 28 for UCL, so 57%. Mm-hmm. And then 15 out of 30 for St. John's. So, really, almost exact same number of starters and bonus questions. And
0: actually, if you just looked at the statistics and you didn't know about the drop points, the final score, you would yeah. say, Hang on, why did you sell not win? They got yeah. more bonuses, correct?
1: How did we not have a sudden death? Yeah.
0: Well, no, they would have won if it went for the 10 drop points. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Yeah, they, is, they, no, definitely they would have won.
0: Yeah. You know, it just goes to show how damaging it can be mm. if you buzz in too early. Yeah. There's a definitely strong risk reward element there. Mm. And. Yeah, if uh, Kisser and Fleming had not buzzed in, uh, rather than you're trying to get the early buzz, Mm. they would have won. Even if uh, it went to St. John's anyway.
1: Yeah, it would have been uh, winning by a very slight margin. But really, it's amazing how you know tight these margins were.
0: And it just goes to show how closely matched these two teams were.
1: Yeah, yeah, really great, uh, really great kind of production as well to kind of put all these put teams that are so evenly matched together, and then it makes for such a much more interesting game to see.
0: They have definitely. I feel like the production team has been doing much more to make sure that we have evenly matched teams.
1: Oh yeah, I really hope to see more of this in the upcoming rounds. Yeah,
0: because I feel like we've only had two or three blowouts so far. Yeah. And comparing that to last season, where I felt like it was a little bit more uneven in some areas. Yeah,
1: last season was I definitely got that sense. But uh, but then
0: again, there were a few very powerful teams last season, so maybe it's a bit difficult to tell.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: So, yeah, on paper, I would say that St. John's is equivalent to, or actually slightly stronger than some of the winners of uh, the first round. For
1: sure. I really look forward to seeing them in the second round.
0: I feel like they have a strong chance, especially if they come across uh, some of the other London teams that they have a strong chance of coming through. Mm -hmm. Because there were a few times where you felt like, I'm not sure if we have much staying power with these teams. But then again, it's the first round... We've often seen great improvements from... Uh, yeah, just from having
1: the, that practice, from having that exposure, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, we are getting close to being able to maybe make some uh, predictions. But it's still too early to tell. I think
1: it's too early. Let's wait for the the highest scoring losers. And let's start watching the second round. And then I think it's, things will start getting a bit clearer. But we... Our predictions for, for last season were all over the place. To be Absolutely. Honest, so. We
0: put so much <laughs> stock into Birkbeck. And then, unfortunately... <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. So, yes, uh, listen on for our completely off-the-mark off the, off the mark predictions for this season.
0: Basically, we are, <laughs> we are the equivalent of the many monkeys uh, writing Shakespeare oh, um, yes. analogy. <laughs> yes, yes. One of these days, eventually our prediction will be right.
1: Yeah, one day, one day, just one for of sheer those days. probability. Yes. So, right.
0: now it is time to talk about what we're really here for.
1: The real reason why you all listen to us.
0: Yes, why we listen to ourselves as well.
1: <laughs> we listen to ourselves. The best dressed.
0: Indeed. And on the count of three, one, one. two, three. Oh, yeah. Oh, we oh. are once again in sync.
1: Oh, we're aligned. I thought she looked really nice in a navy blue top. Yes. With a lovely silver necklace and mm. a really nice kind of white silver, scrunchy as well. Really kind of well put together, elegant. Oh,
0: everything was on point. Yeah. The hair was done nicely. Hair the too, makeup yeah. was fantastic. Mm. Just absolutely brilliant. Yeah and i have to say my personal run-up would be maka because i yeah. think she definitely wins the knitwear award yeah, for university challenge kind of this deep season. yellow
1: kind of mustard yellow kind of color yeah
0: just brilliant and it looks so comfy as yeah, well like, oh that looks like a wonderful place maybe it was a bit cold in the studio that day yeah
1: <laughs> it could have been it could have been but yeah. yeah special mention to maka
0: but i would say everyone definitely put in a good amount of effort in terms of being dressed up clark looked yeah, actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, everyone looked, I think, smart.
0: Yeah, Fleming was nice. And the two team captains yeah. were quite similarly dressed, where you had the shirt In and... A smart casual. Jumper.
1: Scholarly smart casual.
0: Yeah, you know, the usual one that you think of when you think of University Challenge, but they definitely pulled it off.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So I'm glad that we have teams still who are putting in,
1: you know,
0: effort on national television.
1: Nothing compared to uh, last week, Sussex?
0: Nothing will ever compare to Sussex. I will be perpetually disappointed until the end of the season (laughs) because of just how amazing they were all dressed. Well,
1: let's hope that some teams uh, come out rocking some battle armour or... Uh, costumes, cosplay, you know, I love to see it. We love to see it. Oh,
0: could you imagine if they did a full-on, you know, Avengers cosplay, one of the teams?
1: Oh, yeah, why not?
0: I want someone with a fully working Iron Man helmet that (laughs) has to open up every time they buzz. (laughs) Just, (laughs) just, and then close again. Or
1: someone uh, dressed as the Hulk kind of smashing the (laughs) buzzer. Just (laughs) smashes the buzzer.
0: So it's just permanently broken, (laughs) rigging. Oh, that would be fantastic. I wonder if I could pay someone to do that one of these days.
1: I mean, probably.
0: Yeah, we'll see but right. that will be us for this uh, week thank you so much for listening as you can tell we had a lot of fun with this one
1: yeah and if you want to drop us a, a message if you agree with our predictions or even if you don't um, we are on Instagram and Twitter as I got that one or you can even drop us an email at IGTO podcast at gmail.com
0: indeed send us any kind of feedback you want sometimes as as it's nice mm-hmm. if you have any predictions if you think that maybe we are being a bit harsh about some people's dress sense but <laughs> You know, let us know. Uh, but until next week for the very last of the best growing losers, yeah. it is goodbye for me. And goodbye from me.